Well, good morning, mid-afternoon, whatever you want to call it. I am your host, Lucas Carolyn, with Tractor Talk, where we will be discussing faith, life, and everything in between those two topics. Thank you very much for joining me today. So today is a little bit different day for me. I am not having to spend the day on the tractor. I was able to uh, get done what I needed to yesterday um, on the tractor. While I was pulling the plow, we were able to finish a field, or I was able to finish a field. So that was a plus for sure. I didn't work till about, oh, 10 something this morning. So that was, it's kind of nice. It's like super, super windy. Probably like 30, 40 mile an hour gust outside. So there's West Texas for you. If you didn't already know that the wind blows here, it does. <laughs> so, anyways, that's been been good. So, like I said, I am not on the tractor today. I am doing the podcast from my kitchen at my house. So, maybe y'all can understand me a little bit clearer without the hum of the engine in the background and be able to hear what I'm saying a lot better. Anyways... Today, during our time of reading the scriptures, we are going to be in the book of Ezekiel. So still in the Old Testament today, uh, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel is on the other side of Ezekiel, if you are needing to know the location. So, Ezekiel is a prophet called to proclaim a message of uncompromising judgment and later a message of a restoration for God's sake, not Israel's. So he's a prophet for God, not for Israel. And really the theme of Ezekiel, um, or rather the purpose, primary purpose of Ezekiel's message to people was to restore God's glory before the people who had spurned it in view of the watching nations. So, the people in Ezekiel's day were like the people in our day. Sinful, wretched people. Okay, that hasn't changed. And he was portraying God's message of judgment towards their sin, God's message of hatred towards their sin, and also prophesying that there would be restoration. Um, God would restore the people. He would restore what was broken. And Ezekiel is a very, um, very powerful book, very good book. I'll be honest, I have not spent a lot of time in the book of Ezekiel just every now and then. Because um, let, let's be honest, I mean... All of us aren't like, oh man, I really don't want to go to the Bible today and read in Ezekiel. It's a lot of times more Matthew or any of the other Gospels or in, you know, Colossians or something like that. Um, but I do believe it is important to read in the Old Testament as much as in the New Testament because you can't have one without the other. If you don't have the Old Testament, then Christ coming and making payment for the sins of wicked sinners as ourselves and being raised again, it makes no sense. His his coming, his death, burial, and resurrection is nullified without the Old Testament. 
um, because, like I said, there's prophecies of the Messiah coming and they are fulfilled in the New Testament. So it is good to spend an equal amount of time in both sides or in the Bible as a whole. That's how we should look at it, is the story of God as a whole. We probably shouldn't separate it into Old Testament, New Testament. Um, but anyways, that, that is another topic. We need to spend time in all of God's Word for sure, for sure. So, specifically in Ezekiel, we are going to be in Ezekiel 36 in verse 16. So I will go ahead and read that starting in verse 16, like I said, all the way to verse 38 so keep all hands inside the roller coaster at all times and make sure your seat belts are buckled because here we go so the lord's concern for his holy name the word of the lord came to me and this is ezekiel talking son of man and now when that when that address is made son of man we we, we see that made somewhere else right in Jesus, towards Jesus, he's the Son of Man, Son of God. That that's that is a reference. That is a um, when you say that, you're just basically saying like we would like man. Listen, if that makes any sense. Hope it does. When that so Son of Man, when the house of Israel lived in their own land, they defiled it by their ways and their deeds. Does that not sound like the people in our day? Their ways before me were like the uncleanliness of a woman in her menstrual impurity. So I poured out my wrath upon them for the blood that they had shed in the land, for the idols with which they had defiled it. I scattered them among the nations, and they were dispersed through the countries. In accordance with their ways and their deeds, I judged them. And when they came to the nations, wherever they came, they profaned my holy name, in that people said of them, These are the people of the Lord, and yet they had to go out of this out of his land. But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nation, nations to which they came. So the heading on this um, part of the scripture is, I will put my spirit within you. Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God. When through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into their own land, or into your own land, I'm sorry. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from your uncleanliness. And all your idols I will and from all your idols I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will be your God, and I will deliver you from all your uncleanliness. Now I will summon the grain and make it abundant and lay no famine upon you. I will make the fruit of the tree and increase the and the increase of the field abundant, that you may never again suffer the disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good, and you will loathe yourselves for your iniquities and your abominations. It is not for your sake that I will act, declares the Lord God. Let that be known to you. 
Be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, On that day I will cleanse you from all your iniquities. I will cause the cities to be inhabited and the waste places to be rebuilt. And the land that was desolate shall be tilled, instead of being the desolation that it was in the sight of all who passed by. And they will say, This land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations that are left all around you shall know that I am the Lord. I have rebuilt the ruined places and replanted that which was desolate. I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it. Thus says the Lord God, This also I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them, to increase their people like a flock, like the flock for sacrifices, like during her appointed feast. So shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of people. Then they will know that I am the Lord. My goodness, we see that the Lord is indeed concerned that His name is kept holy and kept pure among people in general. We see that the Lord desires that His glory is not forgotten. So, let's just go back up into verse 16 and we'll work all the way through it as much as we can, as much time as we have. So, it... God starts off describing the deeds of Israel as unclean or as impure as a woman in her menstrual purity. So, that unclean. Because women, especially when you read in Leviticus when there were the laws, what women were to do when they were in their time of the month, they were considered very, very unclean. Men were not allowed to have relations with them. They were not allowed to really touch them. They had to go through their time of the month, and then they had to clean themselves up and so on and so forth. So very, very dirty. He, just, he The Lord is making that comparison because He's just saying how impure our deeds are before Him. And so he says in 18, So I poured out my wrath upon them for the blood that they had shed in the land, for the idols with which they had defiled it. So we see God pours out his wrath, his anger, his fury, his hatred for the blood, so murder, for the idols with which they had defiled it. I mean, it's ten command, one of the Ten Commandments, you shall have no idols, or also this, you shall have no other gods before or after me. So breaking... God's laws, sinning and defiling it. I mean, that's what you do when you sin. You defile. That's what those are the things that defile a man. Jesus says that. So God says this as well. I scattered them among the nations, and they were dispersed through the countries. In accordance with their ways and their deeds, I judged them. So in accordance. So the things that they had done, they had been having idols. They had been murdering, and they'd most likely been doing every other thing that men do under the sun that is sinful in accordance with their ways. So they had these ways. They had these things that they were doing. They were breaking God's law. And what is generally, or what is God's punishment for sin? We talked about it a little bit yesterday. It's death. It's death. It's punishment. It's judgment. It's, I mean, these things are wrong. I judge you. You need, you are condemned. You are done. You need to be done with them. And this is wrong. 
So continuing in 20, but when they came to the nations, wherever they came, they profaned my holy name. So they made fun of God's holy name. They sinned. They, they were against God. The name above every other name, a holy name, a perfect name, a pure name, a righteous name, a good name, a name that is above everything, a name that is above the heavens, above creation. They profaned it. So they profaned my holy name, and that people said of them, These are the people of the Lord, and yet they had to go out of his land. But God says this, But I had concern for my holy name. Notice that. He had concern not so much for the people and how they were doing, because remember, judgment was upon them for the deeds they had committed, that they were evil, that they were wrong. But we see here that the Lord is jealous. He is concerned for His holy name. He says, But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations to which they came. And we see God just lay man low in the rest of this. Therefore, says to the house of, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name. So the Lord acts, He's acting towards the people, but it is not for their sake. It is not to glorify Israel, the house of Israel. But He says, for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. So God does not sound very happy about His name being profaned, very happy about the sin, very happy about the things that the Israelites had done, nor we could compare that to our lives or the things that we have done. This is God's attitude towards sin. So, continuing a little bit there, and it says, And the nations will know that I am the Lord. So, remember, he's doing it for his sake, the sake of his holy name. Why? So that the nations will know that he is the Lord, declares the Lord God. When through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. So, he's going to use Israel. He's going to use people to vindicate his holiness before their eyes. He's going to use broken people to make to to show that his name is holy it says i will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land i will sprinkle clean water on you so 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 what what does water do to something that is dirty right most likely it cleans it off that's that's he's wanting to clean these people off he's wanting to make them new and he says you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness or clean, cleanliness. Anyways, whatever that, whatever the word's supposed to be, uncleanliness. That's how you say it. I'm sorry, I was going for a different word there. Excuse me. So all your uncleanliness and all your idols, I will cleanse you. So remember, he talked about that they were unclean, like a a woman during her menstrual impurity. They had idols and they had these things. And so now God is saying this, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart, a new desire, and a new spirit I will put in you. Now remember this, this is all for the sake of God's holy name that he is doing this. 
says, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. And I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. And I will summon the grain and make it abundant and lay no famine upon you. I will make the fruit of your tree, or fruit of the tree, and the increase of the field abundant, that you may never again suffer the disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you will, then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good, and you will loathe yourselves for your iniquities and your abominations. It is not for your sake that I will act, declares the Lord God. Let that be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. I just, I just want to stop right there and. We see that God is doing this already here in Ezekiel, and He's done it before. But think about that. Is that not what happens when Christ Jesus saves you, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, when He saves your soul? Does He not make you clean? I mean, I believe His promise is the same. I mean, it's the same Spirit. It's the Spirit of God. He says, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. Well, what's the, what's the uncleanliness that we have? Our sin. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart. That's what the Lord does. You have a wicked heart and a broken heart and a bad heart, and the Lord gives you a new heart and a new spirit He puts within us. I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Like it says in 27, I'll put my spirit within you. Um, so we see that the Lord is very merciful, very loving and kind and steadfast in His love as He is. But we see first, the first reaction towards the sin, the first decision, the first attribute of God towards sinners, towards unholiness, is wrath, is anger, is departure, is do not be near me for I hate that. I want you I want you to notice something when after God says that he'll give us a new spirit, give those people a new spirit and you know those who believe as well a new spirit. He says this then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good, and you will loathe yourselves for your iniquities and your abominations. So think about this. If the Spirit of God who loathes our sins and our iniquities and our abominations, who hates those things, if the Spirit of God is within you, you should have that same attitude towards your sins. You should loathe them wish that you had never done them, hate them so much that it causes you to turn to Christ where your only source of help is. And I like how God ends in 32. It is not for your sake that I will act, declares the Lord God. Let that be known to you. When the Lord acts, it is for His glory and His glory alone. When the Lord saves someone, it is for His glory and His glory alone. And not... He ends with this as well. Be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. Listener who may not be a Christian, I want you to be ashamed and confounded for your ways. I want you to feel guilty. I want you to feel wretched. I want you to feel without hope because that is the truth of the Word of God. 
And that is the truth of all truths. You are without hope. You're without excuse. Oh, man. Did, did, did he just say that? Did, did he just say something? I mean, I did. You will go to hell in your sins. You will die and go and suffer in a place of eternal punishment because you are a sinner. Because you've sinned against a good, holy God. You have profaned His name. Be ashamed and confounded for your ways. But remember, what else have we been reading? The Lord God is merciful in this. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put in, put within you. And I, and I, and I, and I. God keeps continually using that because it is for the sake of His holy name that He saves people, that He changes people, that He does these things. And mercy and grace have been distributed because 2,000 years ago, a man that was fully man and fully God died upon the cross, died upon a ragged tree, a rugged tree, to cleanse us from all our uncleanness. He took our sin, our shame, our unholiness, our our lust, our pride, our hatred, our anger, everything that we had done and have and will do, unfortunately, was put upon the Savior. God treated Jesus as you and I deserve to be treated. We got to think about that. Jesus was sinless. He had no guilt. There was nothing about Him that was that we should you know that we should pay attention there was no sin in his heart but god treated him as you and i deserve to be treated all our sin all the bad things that we deserve death for was laid upon jesus and jesus died for it he died in our place god killed him in our place but God also did this. He raised Jesus from the grave. Sinner, like I said, we, we are all sinners. We're all born sinners. Everyone's a sinner except Christ. We're born into our sins. We're without hope. But as I just mentioned, Christ came to die, came to seek and to save those who were lost, which is you without Christ. This is what you must do. You must repent and believe in the Lord Jesus. Put your faith and your trust in Him. He tells this woman who has faith in Him, He says, Go, go in peace, for your faith has saved you. He also tells those who put their faith and trust in Him is to go and sin no more. That is a, a very important thing. You must repent and believe in the Lord Jesus. Turn from your wicked ways and turn towards Him. It's literally seeing this thing that you're doing wrong and turning away from it. And asking Christ to save your soul. Save your soul. Because you need Him. You don't even know how much you need Him.
None of us really do on a daily basis, but we we need his help. We need his guidance. When I mean, we number one before all that, we need his salvation upon our souls. We need him to purchase our souls into man. If you don't have him, you will perish. He wants to save you. Come to him. You have nothing to offer. You are not deserving to be saved. But God, being rich in mercy, has done that. He has saved us by killing his one and only son on your behalf. He will save you if you put your faith in him alone. Well, thank you for joining me on that segment of Bible reading we read in Ezekiel. Um, hope all of you were able to follow along. If not, that's okay. That is totally okay. I understand. It's hard to get in the Bible sometimes. hard to even just sit down and read it. Um, but I would encourage you, if you are not saved, to take heed to the Word of God, um, to repent and to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of your soul. And if you are saved, to continue in the Lord Jesus, to be obedient to the Word of God, and what it is saying for you to do as a believer in Him. So, before I end this podcast, I need to give a shout-out to the beginning of the podcast, and my apologies, but I need to give a shout-out to this young man, the best farmer in Crosby and McAdoo County. <clears throat> um, that's a biased opinion, but uh, anyhow, <laughs> shout-out to my buddy Stephen Walker. He is my boss's nephew, actually, so I uh, see him every now and now and then get to give each other a hard time. So shout out to you, Mr. Stevie Walker. He has a beard like Duck Dynasty, and he has some family-in-laws with the last name Robertson, but he is not related to the Duck Dynasty Robertsons. So don't don't make that assumption, okay? Don't don't give him any extra fame that he would try to take. I mean, just because he's that way, you know. No, just joking, Stephen. Just joking. Don't don't call me, okay? I don't want to get in trouble. No, just kidding. So I hope all of you have an excellent weekend. TGIF. Thank God it is Friday. It's been a long week for me. I know that. And I'm sure it has been for some of you. Um, hopefully, over, some of us can go back to gathering at our churches, our church buildings. Um, we'll have some stipulations for sure. I'm just kind of going slow, slowly about it, trying to figure out how we need to do things in a safe manner. And there's talk that you have to sit in segregated areas. I'm just specifically with your family. I probably have to maintain the six feet of distance and regulations like that, silly stuff like that. I'll probably have to wear masks and gloves and all that. All that fantastic stuff. You know, probably have toilet paper sitting around the whole auditorium and stuff, but it is what it is. But, like I said, hope all of you have an excellent weekend. Hope things are going well for you and do continue to go well. This has been another episode of Tractor Talk with Lucas Carland, and God bless, and over and out.